the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and... Um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Appreciate you coming along on this uh, beautiful rainy December night. <laughs> We, we've got to say thanks to the Lord for all this rain we've been getting. Um, a little bit conditional, though, right? You know, thank you, Lord, but please uh, spread it out a little more or something like that. I'm not sure which, but we have to be grateful for sure. Hey, Jacob, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing okay, and, of course, I passed through the raindrops. 
<laughs> without being without getting wet. You're that uh, you're was, that skinny. Well, no, it's just that I pass through the raindrops. I pass. I pass through the raindrops. Is that kind of like in a card game? You say I pass, or is that? Yes. Uh huh. Well, it's a joke because we're doing Exodus tonight, and it's a Passover. Ah, okay. <laughs> He's trying to. Uh, I, I'm slow, a little slow on the uptake there tonight, for sure. What, what, um, what week are we, Jacob? In this we week, are, tonight we are doing week number four, and we're going to do Exodus six through Holy Mackerel All right. twenty-five. Week number four. Now, if you've been following along with our regular uh, reading schedule, week number four, we have our <laughs> schedule calls us for That's to funny. read. That's funny, Toby. Exodus. <laughs> What's that? Oh, if you've been following along, I want to know if you've been following. <laughs> of course, I have. Exodus chapters six through twenty-five. All of our readings this for this past week came from the book of Exodus, one book. That's always kind of nice when all the readings come from one book. Boy, it not makes a, life easier. A mixture. It does make it a little easier, but sometimes it's kind of fun to go through a whole bunch of books as well. But here we have, um, I guess, the great middle section of the book of Exodus. Now, next week. I believe we finish up the um, book of Exodus next week for sure. Yes, that's right. We're going to go ahead through chapter 40 and finish up the book of Exodus. We'll just barely get into the first chapter of the book of Leviticus. We're going to get Genesis. Uh, we finished the book of Genesis already. Now we're into the book of Exodus. Then we'll get through the uh, chapters of Leviticus. And just in time... For just in time. Just in time for the Christmas season, at least. We'll be starting up the readings of uh, the Gospel of Matthew, which, of course, begin with the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem those many centuries, that couple of centuries ago, just not many centuries, I guess. Well, 20 centuries, that's right. I'm thinking millenniums, yeah. Yeah. millennia. Anyway, that's why our schedule for the coming uh, month uh, we'll finish up the book of um, Exodus tonight and next week. I mean, next week and go right on into the book of Leviticus. And then we'll uh, finish Leviticus and be ready for the book, the Gospel of Matthew for the Christmas season, the birth of Messiah. So that's our, our reading schedule. I hope you'll come follow along with us. We're trying to get these set up each and every week, trying to make progress and getting our readings made more available. We've, we've had a little bit of a... A problem with uh, some, with iTunes and some of the others and getting the readings up there uh, for you to read. So we're going to try to put them on our actual site, BibleLive.com or SoapyDollar.com, any of those you would like to go to. We're going to try to have the Bible Live readings there. But if you'd like to uh, go to Bible Live, BibleLive.com or TheBibleLive.com or SoapyDollar.com, any of those will help you get to our uh, website. We'll talk about. There's some section there that talks about the radio program, and there's a section there too where if you'd like to help out this Christmas, we've got a number of different projects going on that we're working with. Uh, one is we're we're doing uh, some work to try to raise some funds for the ministry to basic trainees out at Lackland Air Force Base. If you'd like to help out with that project with these young men and women who are away from home and family here at the Christmas season. Uh, they're going through their basic training at Lackland, and we're going to be having some special opportunities, some cookies and uh, donuts, and try to make it as festive as we can for them. If you'd like to help out with that project, 
there's a place there at the site that explains about it, and you can be a part. Maybe bake some cookies or prepare some Christmas cards for them. Or, you know, there's several things you could do. So you can go and check that out at BibleLive.com or SoapyDollar.com. Uh, there's a number of ways you can get to the same site. Well, Jacob, let's um, let's look at Exodus now. Hey, let's get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Exodus. That's Exodus. The idea. Let's, let's get out of here. We're looking for the exit. That's yeah, exactly right. If this is the modern living translation, say, let's get out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. That would be the, let's get out of here, chapter 26, uh, chapter 6. Now, Exodus is not only about, oh, it is, isn't it? It's only about exiting. It's only about leaving Egypt. That's it. It's only about leaving Egypt, right? Well, we we got them down there. That's in the last chapters of Genesis. Joseph went down, and then the brothers came down, and all that. So we've got them down there, uh, and they end up staying a long, long what four hundred thirty years, something like that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Moses, this uh, very special individual, called named Moses, Moshe, Moise, whatever you, however the name you would call him is called by God to go back. He has a very special upbringing. We can talk all about that tonight. And I'm looking forward to some of the things that Jacob's going to talk to us about as well. About, about I'd like, I have some questions about Moses and about this whole incident. Are, are there, for one, one of the questions I was going to ask you tonight, Jacob, if you don't mind, is, is there anything about the Exodus story that, um, that we as, uh, that we today, as evangelicals or as mm-hmm. Christians, as uh, we read the Old Testament, we read this story, mm-hmm. are there any things that we seem to m- maybe not get right owing to, for example, maybe a, little, a faulty or misleading or unclear kind of well, translation I, I and understanding? I can't say what you don't get right. You may have it all right. Well, that's true, too. In, in all probability, we do. But, no, no, there are, there are always little, it seems like to me there are always some little aspects that are that there's this there's this Hebrew Jewish history tradition language perspective that always enriches and sometimes even kind of alters our understanding significantly and and brings a great deal of light. So I'm wondering, is there anything like that that we could look at? I know you've talked to us a lot about the mixed multitude that came out of Egypt with yeah. with uh, the Israelites as they came out. Uh, Oh, well, we can talk about it a little as we get into the discussion tonight. But uh, Exodus chapter 6 through 25, and our readings from the Psalms, from Psalm uh, 16 through Psalm 18. So you can uh, join with us. Uh, shall we put out a few questions? I would think we should. Okay, let's do a question or two. Um, I like this question because we're all about heroes today. It, we're... In our country, and, we're, and we're, there is no truth to the rumor that Moses' last name was Trump. <laughs> That's interesting. Was that a real rumor? Uh, we're we're all about heroes, and our we a lot of hero worship going on in our country. They talk about athletes and who knows, uh, wealthy people, super wealthy, successful politicians, people. We and so the Bible says in Psalm sixteen. Verse three, actors and actresses. Exactly, John. That's good. Uh, that's a lot of people and musicians and, you know, singers and that sort of thing. So we do a lot of that looking up to people and taking and kind of letting them guide us 
in all kinds of decisions just because they can sing a good song, uh, for example. And, and you see, we, I went through the water tonight. <laughs> you passed over. Yeah, and you get it. You know, also the water part of the, you know. Uh, remember, there's a story about Moses and the water part. Oh, yes, yeah. sure. That, the okay. water figures and, and in. And that's why it. it was so difficult to give him I, a bath, because every time his mother put him in a bathtub, he, his little baby, had part the water. Uh, oh, I see. That was the problem. Uh, that, that, that's a very unique problem. See, those are those Jewish Hebrew perspectives that I was telling you there. That's one of the, those are the so so enriching. That was one of the lesser enriching observations from the Hebrew, uh, I guess. Yes. Because that is in the Hebrew language somewhere, right? Uh, everything is in the Hebrew language somewhere. Every, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably in the Talmud. You know that big, huge yeah. collection. That's only it's only four thousand books, so don't feel left when out. they gave Moses a bath. They couldn't keep him in the bathtub very long because he kept parting yeah, the he water. Yeah, kept parting the water. That's yeah. wonderful. And uh, as John just wrote on a note, he said he also turned the bathtub water into wine. <laughs> well, that, that was... John wrote that. That's a little later, John. I, we're getting our Old and New Testaments mixed up. But, okay, here's the question. A little sanity returning to the uh, ah, program here. According, according to Psalm 16, verse 3, who should be our earthly heroes? Who should we be looking up to? Who should would be who should we be putting up on the pedestal in the way in the sense of saying this is a this is the ideal, this is the standard, this is the uh, model that we want to follow. So according to Psalm 16 and verse 3, who should be our earthly heroes? Let me give one more here from the Psalms. Um uh let's see both Peter and Paul, let's go with that one. Both Peter and Paul quoted from Psalm 16. In, in the New Testament, in, in their writings, they quoted Psalm 16, verse 10, where it says that God, quote, will not allow your godly one to rot in the grave, unquote, end quote. And said that this passage refers to whom? Both Peter and Paul quoted Psalm sixteen ten. Quote God, I mean God. Quote will not allow your godly one to rot in the grave, and both of them said that the passage refers to whom. All right, oh, if you gee, can answer, that's a hard one to guess. Oh, I know. Uh, I, it's not. I'm not saying I'm making them hard. I'm just. No, Taking I'm saying uh, this is Peter and Paul over, yeah. over, you know, you might say in the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who's who? Is, who, who could is, they possibly possibly yeah. could they be talking about? All right. There we go. Uh, it, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not the Virgin Mary. Yeah. OK, so, yeah. you know, I did. actually. Although I don't know. I maybe. did. Uh, I, you know, I have been, to, you know, weddings and things at Catholic churches uh-huh. and, and you know they're very proud of mary you know of course huh? yeah i am too actually well they're of course you're i'm are. a great admirer well sure you are and uh, you know i've always noticed that the, aren't you i mean i mean wasn't she an amazing little jewish gal i mean yes. remarkable jewish yes. woman may i continue <laughs> okay <laughs> um maybe the, i was just wondering if it's all right to go on oh, yeah. anyway but i have noticed and i have noticed something that in the paintings and in the statues the icons they always, you know, have a, should I say it's kind of like a, a, forlorn, a forlorn, distant, kind of almost sad look on her face. Huh, and I think I figured out why. 
Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> is this another one of your homemade jokes, or is this? Uh, no, listen, I'm going to share here. Okay, you're opening your heart. Yeah, you're burying you your might, soul. Yeah, you might say. I think she is hoping for a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Burn, Ba-dum. where's the uh, where's the rim shot when you need it? You know, that's that was. Uh, oh my goodness! Well, I, she may have had a girl later on. You know, they, she had other children, uh-huh. according to. Um, well, I think so. At least, according, it looks like in the New Testament sure, she I had understand. other children. I'm okay, gonna, I'm going to leave that to the Protestant Catholics to hash. Oh, you let us argue over that, are you? Um, okay, let me ask one more question from the Psalm. This is coming from Psalm 17, verse six. This is going to be so good. I think you're going to like it. I think you're actually going to like this one. Psalm 17, verse 6. Very simple question. Why does David pray to the Lord? In other words, what is it that motivates David to pray? And he kind of, he mentions it there uh, in the Psalm 17, verse 6. Why does David pray? And it's kind of like a rumor I heard. uh, Not a rumor, but it's not even a trick question either, but... There was a, a leadership. Have you actually heard it? Yes, yes, okay. I, they, I have actually heard it. Yeah, that's the, this that rumor, part of this is not a rumor. I haven't actually. That heard part it. of this is true. Okay. Uh, there was a, um, a a general or a, an officer who was giving a leadership seminar to his subordinate officers, and he asked them, "What is the number one characteristic of a leader?" What would you say? The number one characteristics of a leader of a leader. Uh, now that we're talking about Moses, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I guess uh, I haven't contemplated it, but since you ask me, I would probably say integrity. Integrity. What would you say, John? What would you say? Anything you want to weigh in on this? What is the number one characteristic? And I guess we could say a successful leader or, you know, I guess uh, that would be, but uh, not necessarily. I suppose you got an idea. What would you say? I was impressed with integrity. You were impressed with integrity. That's the first time you've ever been impressed with something Jim said. That uh, Jacob said. That's that's. No, there was another. Time. There was an okay. Yes. Uh, it had to do with, and I said, "Hey, would you like an extra piece of pie?" <laughs> that was impressing. Do you have another thought? What's the number one characteristic of a leader? <laughs> pi r squared, no pi r round. Okay, Sophie, I think we've the number this one enough. characteristic uh-huh. of a leader is that he has followers. Uh huh. Yeah, you know that's uh, that's that's very insightful. Actually, it's rather yeah, and you know what's rather profound, isn't it? Where did, and Moses led, right? Moses led. Uh huh. Uh huh. And do you know the difference between military leaders in Israel and military leaders in other places? Boy, that would be interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, military leader in Israel. Uh-huh. It's a, I'm, I'm playing off your words here. Okay, sure. But are you telling a truth here? Uh, or I'm telling a joke? the true thing. That, okay. Uh, what know, is the difference between military more, leaders in Israel? It's a little more Israel? accurate than what you said. Most of what you said was. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay. No, I don't know. Uh, it's because they are in the front of the soldiers and troops they lead. They don't stand at the back and guide them. They have to be in the front. Uh, uh, uh. Well, there there are, Uh I I think among our leaders, the most effective ones are the ones who are, Seem to be out front. I get you. That's interesting. Interesting. So that's actually a requirement. But anyway, there we have it. 
I, I want to. The only reason I say that is because that's the kind of question that I've asked you here. According to Psalm seventeen six, what motivated David to pray to the Lord? Okay, so this is kind of along that kind of question. You know that uh, it's it's rather it's rather obvious once you hear the answer, but. Uh, you can look it up, Psalm 17, verse 6. All right, Jacob, we've got five minutes for you to give us yeah, some questions. Yeah, you take 25 minutes for three questions. Not Jim. Uh, three, Jacob, hurry three, up. three questions. Yeah. All right, look, I'm going to do your number two. Okay. While still living in Egypt, God gave the Israelites, that's Israelis, uh-huh. instructions for an annual celebration of their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. What is this day of commemoration called? All right. Oh, yeah. Answer. The day of commemorating... Commemorating the exit, the del- their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. What is that day? What is that holiday? That commemoration? That fiesta festival day? What is it called? Yeah, and it's Exodus twelve twenty seven. Exodus twelve twenty seven. Okay. okay. Next, next one. That one's easy uh, enough. I could that, get that's that one. An easy one. What did Hebrew families do to keep the children safe while God took the firstborn of the Egyptians in the tenth and final judgment? Exodus twelve, uh, twenty-one to twenty-three. What we normally call the ten plagues, but these are final judgments that God uh, delivered miracle, miracles or or interventions there that God did to uh, to de- help deliver the people of, of Israel from Egypt. Uh, God took the firstborn sons of the Egyptians, and it wasn't just the Egyptians, but maybe we can straighten that out with the answer. Uh, firstborn sons of the Egyptians in the tenth and final judgment. What did the Hebrew families have to do? What were they commanded to do in order to keep their children safe uh, in, in the midst of that judgment? All right, you can uh, give us a call three four zero ninety five eighty five if you know the answer to any. Of these questions, three forty ninety five eighty five. Let's go with one more, Jacob. All right, let's uh, let's do something straightforward. Um, oh, okay, let's see here. Um, uh, how about? Uh, oh, okay, this is a good one. Okay, you're number nineteen. Oh, let's go. Uh, wow. One of the ten commandments. You've heard about them. They were in uh-huh. all the papers. Uh-huh. Or you might say all the stones. Anyway, so one of the Ten Commandments, which is the only one. Uh-oh, Sophie. We're going to have to talk about oh, that. Oh, my land. Did I make but it? Well, I'm going to read the question well, as this is one of those it. observations I was asking you about. Uh, one of the Ten Commandments, which Sophie says is the only one that expressed a promise for keeping it. The, Exodus, uh, the answer is in Exodus 20:12. Of the ten, we're talking about the big ten now, not yeah, yes, other. Sir. Okay, yeah, sure. of the ten commandments, right. which is the only one that is delivered with an expressed right. promise right. for keeping and that commandment. I guess technically that we could. Uh, I give you a C plus. You're going to give me okay. You, I get a little wiggle room on yeah, that exactly, one. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, which is the only one with an expressed promise, and maybe you could tell us what. The promise oh, is not right? only could I, but I wrote it down for tonight's show. Okay, of the Ten Commandments, which is the only one with an express promise? That's found in Exodus chapter twenty, uh-huh. and that, of course, that's where we have this first presentation uh-huh. Uh-huh. of the Ten Commandments delivered to 
Okay. Uh, Moses uh, uh, atop a, a mountain, a, a very important did I get, mountain. Did I, did I get three in under five minutes? You want to give another one? No, I oh. just wanted to point out that I got three in under five minutes, and you took 25 minutes for three. Well, you did good, Jacob. That's. I just want to point that out. Yeah, I, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to uh-huh. uh, give you a bone. Add a bonus to your salary. Okay. Would that be like? Uh, <laughs> Would double what you get now? Like that, that, yeah. Well, there you go, folks. You can give us a call on any of these questions. Three four zero. Ninety-five, eighty-five. That's the line here for the Bible Live, the quiz show. Your opportunity to uh, hear. We make our way through the entire Bible every year. I, I'm getting more and more convinced, Jacob, that yeah, yeah. we're doing a good thing. This book, this Bible, is so important to individuals, to families, to uh, our city, to our communities, to to this our entire culture. Uh-huh. This book is so important to people because the whole idea oh. is that. The creator of the universe has spoken. He has acted. He's moved. He's involved himself. And we have here an accurate record. Not exhaustive, not you know, total everything, but we, everything right. that we have is well, clear. Why it's is consistent. it so important? You haven't told me why. Because it's God. Oh, it's, it's God. Not, well, I would like talking, to say something speaking, I meant to say last week about Christians. Acting. Remember? Mm-hmm. Last week we were going to say something about Christians. Yes, yes. Uh, and I know we don't have time because John's telling us we got less than 30 seconds. Yeah. Right so, but before the show's over, I, I'm going to share what I've kind of shared with you already. I have something to say in particular about Christian believers. This is, uh, going to, I think, going to be uh, interesting, <laughs> I think. Uh, a, a, uh, clearly, a, you know, a believing, solid uh-huh. Jew, a person from Israel, Hebrew perspective, look at the scriptures. And, and that's, of course, one of the things you bring to our entire program is that perspective to all the Bible. What happened, Old, John, what happened to both the Tanakh, both the Tanakh and the New Testament as well. And that's one of the things you bring to the program, Jacob. So we're looking forward to that. He's going to talk to us a little bit about, uh, about, about, about what I said about Christianity. <laughs> About Christians. About Christians. Christians. Very interesting thing to hear this this season of the year. So you all hang on and stay with us for that. We'll be taking your phone calls, 340-9585, just after this brief little break. We'll be right back. you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the dollar family that Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. 
Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't very expect nice. they to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. If you're new to San Antonio and want to find a church that fits your needs or just want to learn more about a church in the area, go to the church directory page at kslr.com. That's kslr.com. Listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Okay, here we go. We're partners. We're talking about the book of Exodus tonight. We're kind of moving a little bit into the Christmas season, so we're reflecting that a bit in the music. Did you hear the song just playing? Thank you for joining us. Let's get back into our program then. And Jacob, do you want to talk now? Did you hear what I was saying about the song? No, tell me, tell me, tell me. Uh, I was saying the song you were just playing, that's one of my little pet grievances. Oh, really? Yeah, because I don't like it when somebody comes along. I understand they're doing their own presentation, Uh but I don't like it when they change the song. Oh, did we? Oh, I, what did they change? Well, it's not the, the words, melody, the, the tune, and they lose the tremendous impact <clears throat> of the historical tune and the people who wrote it. Well, tell uh, us about this. Well, I didn't know well, that. Go well, tell it on well, the mountain. Let's just listen to the tune. It's not uh, the the real uh, tune goes like, "Go tell it on the mountain, over go. the hills and everywhere." That's not what she was singing go. just now. Now I understand. Well, she was kind of, huh? She was kind of around it. Well, and then that's right. She was kind of wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so now we're getting a little bit of Jacob's uh, musical preferences. Yeah, well, I just if a hey, write a new song, do a new tune. Right? And about understand <laughs> if you, if you want to no. if you want to sing it, if you want to change, just write a whole new song. Right. Yeah. That's your idea. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, folks, we do have phone number three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you'd like to call and. Uh, answer any of these questions and maybe talk a little bit about this whole this whole area of the people of Israel, this exodus, this experience. Now, um, it's got a big picture. Uh, I, I would say uh, we could talk a little bit about how um, 
how Christian believers tend to view this uh, this event. Now, Jacob, I, w- I want to ask you to talk a little bit too oh. about the historicity of this event. Yeah. You read if you if you listen to the Discovery or some of these History Channels and so on. A lot of times, it seems like there are people who kind of cast a little doubt upon the oh, whole yeah. thing that yeah. that it even happened. Yeah, uh, and I'm wondering what do uh, you know? What do Jewish believers? What do uh, historians and uh, that sort of thing, uh, authorities here in, in Jewish scriptures, what do they say? Well, and I wonder what the people say that we went to their conference a couple of weeks ago, the, the archaeologists and all. I think fairly they'll say we have not found any proof, so we can't substantiate it. Yeah. Well, but, of course, they're missing some of the things that it says that they carried shovels. You know why? Interesting. It does yeah. say that, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's so that they could bury their excrement. And so there's things that they were doing that were social and ethical practicalities. So, but they'll come back and say, well, we haven't found anything. And a lot of people, like I, there's one fairly well-known uh, reform rabbi out of California, and he maintains, and he really gets it from a, uh, a source that I am highly critical of, that there really never was an exodus. It was sort of like the Iliad and the Odyssey, and they just went out there. And it's just, a, you know, it's a few guys and... Maybe it's just some Levites, because the Levites are the heroes. So he he says that. I know where he gets it from. I know the source he gets it from. And the source he gets it from, to me, is, you know, I don't mind. Questionable. Not well, particularly I, I reliable. I don't mind academia. What I do mind is soft academia. When somebody really can't lay their hand on something, and they speculate, and then they get paid wages for saying it. Yeah. I don't like that. But and sometimes they start out with an a priori opinion or thought. Or idea, which, for example, uh, they rule out the supernatural. Or, or, or a posteriori. <laughs> yeah, a posteriori. Yeah, they, they rule out the supernatural. Oh, yeah. Miracles do not yeah. exist. Yeah, yeah. So, therefore, if you start with that as, a, right. uh, as an opinion beforehand, then obviously it's going to color whatever you but, but look I think and find. I think know? it's fair to give equal time to, I think, the majority of anybody. You, know, you get all kinds of people in every group. And I think the majority of the Jews accept it as being reality. And one of the things that you you know in the New Testament it makes reference to, like, the ark being a shadow of what's in heaven. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with this, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. Okay. That isn't one single application. That is a principle. Ah, what do I mean by that, you might ask? Yeah, uh, what do you mean by that? I thought you might ask. Uh, it's yes. it's so that principle is a shadow because you'll find that the New Testament makes reference, as I say, to the ark and all this stuff. It's a shadow. Well, let's look at Exodus as not only being a physical true story, but also as a shadow. What you're looking at—that was what I was going to talk about. That's well, good. Isn't that isn't remarkable? That yes, you read my notes. Great minds. Uh, anyway, well, yeah, you know the bad thing about about great minds thinking alike—that uh-huh. implies that non-great minds also think alike. But uh, hmm. so, but the point is, would you're looking a at a corollary. shadow. Let's say it's a physical happening, as the ark was physical, but it's a shadow, so it's functioning in more mm-hmm. than one level. Mm-hmm. Well, the trip from sin in Exodus is the word mitzvahim in Hebrew. And that means limitations or boundaries. That's the name for Egypt. Uh-huh. Well, what that means, boundaries of what? Sin. They're in bo- and bounded in by sin. So... What you're looking at is a shadow, a physical story. That's also, if you like that term, I'm using a term from the New Testament, but uh, uh, it's a shadow of getting to heaven. 
Israel is your is your visual aid, the land of getting to heaven, you see. And you travel through the I wilderness. Through and the wilderness would be the going through the rest of the, the wanderings world. and yeah. The, yeah. So you're getting that. So that's the same idea, if I might say. Yeah, that. we have a we we do. I believe a main, primarily, generally in Christianity, I think, uh, or at least evangelical Christianity, uh, is that the Exodus is seen <clears throat> as a picture of. It's a picture of redemption. It's a picture of picture of salvation, coming being delivered out of the kingdom of darkness out of sins bondage out of bondage to sin and selfishness uh, uh by god's grace and god's power being delivered out and saved and then uh, as you say now the going into back into canaan to the promised land mm-hmm. i've heard that understood in a couple of ways one is that it's a picture of going to heaven mm-hmm. roll jordan roll over yeah. river passing but, over river jordan right. into the but we shouldn't ag- ignore the fact that it's really a physical story and god said it's one of the commandments sure, to sure. be in israel so it's a physical act. yeah no no all of this is is taking for granted the historicity and the reality yeah. of the actual experience but that it is a picture of our yeah. deliverance as well, like or, or foreshadowing, as you say. The other thing is that sometimes it is seen the passing of the people of Israel from uh, in, into Canaan uh, over Jordan is not only seen as a, sometimes as going to heaven, but is sometimes seen and understood as believing uh, believers, followers uh, of Christ, who are going are discovering and and by faith moving into a walk of faith they're entering into their rest there in other words there are there are another, <laughs> they discover through the work of the holy spirit in our lives as believers they they rest from their working and their laboring and their trying and they enter into the realm of faith and trusting so that they are uh, hebrews seems to talk a little bit about that it talks about believers that uh, believers, some believers come to faith in Christ and are d- delivered from the penalty of their sins, but they haven't uh, continued to trust. They don't. They haven't seen uh, their faith in Messiah uh, as also the promise and part of our salvation is God's delivering us not only from the penalty of sin but from the power of sin through the through the work of the internal working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The sanctification is also a part of our salvation. Well, it and is. So we, we uh, see, and, and, I, and I appreciate that. I truly do. But there is one aspect I do want to highlight. Okay. Uh, it's not just the saving, as you like to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I notice that the people have to walk themselves. Nobody gave them a car or a, a rope to sit on or, a, or somebody just to sit on. It was a cart that God pulled. Now, they, I saw the Ten Commandments, and some of them walk. had carts. Yeah, well, some of them did have carts. You know, how, how could a person mess I that? I saw You're the movie. Right. Yes. Come on. Well, also, so Pharaoh had carts, too. But my point is, they, the people had to do it. Yeah. They didn't just get there because they said, oh, I, you know what? I've heard this great story, and I believe it. I'm in heaven now. They had to walk. Yes, and, and, and it was a trip that normally would have taken only a few days, actually, oh, yeah, yeah. but it ended up taking 40 years. You know, it did. Which is a little <clears throat> interesting as well, right? It did, and in fact, let's be very candid about this. If everything had gone correctly and properly, the the Bible should have no more than six books in it, period. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 
Is that something you read somewhere? Or did you? That sounds like a Jacobism. No, no. I, I, I wish it were, but I can't take credit for That's it. That's interesting. No, because it only have six books. Okay, so because we were told Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and John, <laughs> Matthew. No, I was thinking. Luke. I was thinking of the next Revelation. one in line, Joshua. Oh, the, okay. Because what happens? You see, they get they come out, they get to the land, uh-huh. and God says, "Hey, this is how we're going to do things in the land that I own." They go right in, and they go in, and then things start going wrong. But had, now you're talking about the Tanakh, then you're talking about the Old Testament only. No, have. I'm talking about the Bible. Oh, okay. And I'm talking about the. There should have been no need for anything beyond the six books, because everything would have gone correctly at that point, if the entire world had accepted what was going on right there. The entire world. I'm stressing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did I happen to mention the entire world? <laughs> anyway, the, well, that, point, that is something I've never considered well, that, that possible. And these are not my words. I wish they were my uh-huh, words. Uh-huh. I wish I was that bright. I'm not. But if there's only if everything had gone correctly, you see, you were given the laws outside of the boundaries of Israel. Uh-huh. You might say, how are you supposed to live? What are you supposed to do? And they're not to get to heaven, but how you live in this uh-huh, world. Uh-huh. But then when they cross over with Joshua, they should have done it. Gone right on in. Had they started doing it, then everything would have gone okay. And we know the story that things didn't go so well. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't do it. They didn't enter in the first time. And I think we read about that here. don't, Don't we read about in this readings this week how they did not go in or not? Well, they were right to the, they were very close to the border. And yes. uh, then they, because of different things, they had to go ahead and finish no, the travels. No, we don't, we don't get to that in this particular reading. Right. But, uh, but, but it does. Then it they does. turn back yeah. out of fear of the people and so on or whatever. Yeah. Maybe you'll explain. It looks like they were, you know, they were, they were big. They were like giants. We're like grasshoppers to them. And they Wait, finish <clears> the sentence. <throat> say, you're right about that, but say the last words. Oh and my that's goodness. the key. What you just said is correct. And we cannot? No, and, no, no. They said... We are like grasshoppers in their eyes. Uh, that, wait a minute, how do you know what their eyes are? You didn't talk to them? You don't know what you're doing. And so you're making a judgment and assessment of what they see you as. Uh, that's interesting. That is interesting, actually. Where do you get in your self-image from? Uh. From yeah. God and God's truth and God's word, or from what somebody else is saying. Yeah. Hmm, very, very interesting. I know we have a call. That, that'll preach. Wanna... We do have a call. Let's go to our phone line, 340-9585. If you'd like to join us, we'd be happy to get your call as well. Let's go and visit with Harold. Harold. <laughs> Harold. Harold, good to talk with you. What's on your mind tonight? Well, how's it going, guys? I think we are uh, getting along pretty well tonight, Harold, for... Well, I think you were a little a little shocked when Jacob said that he walked through the water. You might have misunderstood him to walk on the water. I didn't know uh, he was just terrified yeah, of the next it. comment. That was it. It that went through your mind, wasn't it? it sure. I think it went through your mind. I'm, I don't know. I'm used to people walking on the water, and here he was passing through it. You know, it just through got, the water. It threw me off. You got it right, Harold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what the Jews do. They go right through everything. We through it all. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what that meant. Are, but uh, are you going to answer a question or ask a question? Or? Well, well, yeah, I was. I was. You had mentioned the fact or uh, the thing about the mountains um, a, a little bit, and then the generals or the people that empower. You know how you look up to things. Yeah. Uh, what part do you look in at somebody you know that you look up to? And a few months ago, I was at a, f- a few weeks ago, I was at a high school, an old high school of mine, and I was introduced 
to the principal, and, you know, I was in high school a long time ago, and I said, you know, back when I was in school, that principal can stay in his office all day long. And there was order in the school. And immediately he said, oh, he um, he had respect. And I felt so bad that he even said that. And I said, I said maybe, no, but I think he had control. <laughs> and 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 it worked better that way and the other thing i was going to mention about you know the you know the song in the mountains and everything is that for the last few weeks i got interested in my own uh, little study in here jesus af- after these uh, and actually in matthew mark luke and john uh he meets with these people he he crosses the river he uh he tells his disciples, now I'm going to go to the top of the mountain and pray. Uh-huh. I'm going to go to the top of the mountain. He's saying it all the time. Matthew 14, 23, Mark 6, 46. We don't have to look it up, but you know, but it's there, uh-huh. Luke 3, uh-huh. 21. And it just amazes me. He's by himself. He goes up to the mountain to pray. And so what I, so, you know, I'm thinking, um, and, oh, I do believe the water split and everything, you know, uh-huh. Christians, I don't know any Christians that don't think the waters didn't divide and yeah. and everyone left Egypt. You know, just just, just to clear that up. But um, but um, I know that Herod, King Herod, had a fortress on top of the mountains, and a, a lot of people, even I think the Israelites, there was a tribe one time that had a fortress on top of a mountain because it's the safest place. And so I was just curious i haven't you know have any answers for it or anything i've just been reading this for a few weeks and uh-huh. i just thought that what is jesus doing on top of the mountain so then you say he's praying well what does the word pray really mean in hebrew or in greek and it it, it just ever since the internet everything's going wild you know everything that went from black and white to color or from black and white to color mm-hmm. we changed it you know so so would, anyway, would, that, would praying be talking with the father talking with god would that be well that's what it says that's what it alludes to but i just think he's up to something else i kind of do and we're not supposed to know it they were not supposed to know it yet you know how he talked in parables all the time and Uh you know he did you know i'm trying to be you know i'm not trying to be negative you know positive but i do think there's a mystery there Mm -hmm. and uh at least in my mind you know i think there's a little mystery there um, just one more little thing before I leave. I, okay. I, uh, my wife and I was invited to a baby shower this weekend. We happened to sit next. We actually went to Bud Jones, all the fish you can eat. Oh, and, yeah, uh, sure. I, yeah, yeah. And, and th- that's what I, and I kind of felt the Lord was there that night because that fish never stopped coming. <laughs> it was, it was fish, fish all night. And I there bet, was, I bet you lady. set, you set them back a pretty penny, I'd say, Harold. Did I, you have a well, home? we got to pay for, well, we paid for our own. It's like, it was kind of a tricky deal there. Uh-huh. But, uh, any, anyway, there was an older lady sitting next to my wife and every tenth word was the Lord did this for me. The Lord did that to me. The Lord this. And I, and I'm thinking, Oh my God, help me. Holy Ghost. Thank God I'm on the, I'm, I'm on my, good behavior. I haven't said anything silly yet. Come to find out, uh, I had asked her if she liked any Bible uh, questions or things like that. She goes, oh, I'd love to hear anything. And I, we, All I talked about was if she knew about when the red letters appeared in the Bible. She goes, they've always been there. And I said, well, yes, in our lifetime. That's funny, yes. So I told her the little story, how, you know, 
how it happened. And, how did it and, happen? I'm curious myself. Who, who, who was the first one well, who put the words of Jesus in red letters? Well, I learned this. I don't have the man's name, but Jacob it was a family from wasn't he, Europe, uh, wasn't Germany or Europe. And a German he, guy? A German, uh, I'm not sure if it was Erica. Who came to Maybe. Erica. No, no. He said a German guy who came to America. To America, yes. Yeah. And he didn't finish school. He started uh, editing newspapers. And then he started editing some sermons. And this is a little, not quite 100 years ago. And he came up upon the part, I think in Luke chapter 16, 20 or 2016, I always get those reverse, where it reads the right the last supper or the the communion part where it says my cup this is my blood red uh-huh. you know uh-huh. you know uh-huh. and so at that moment it's written down in history that he said in that moment he went to the people he worked for and said wouldn't that be a fantastic idea if we can get everything that jesus said put in red Actually, and everything that someone blood. said he said uh-huh yeah and so she was so happy to hear that and i was so happy i behaved myself Good for you. And, uh, I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I enjoy the show, and I got so much more <laughs> going on, but I'll save some for later. You stay with us. We keep listening. We're always glad to hear from you, Harold. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it an awful lot. What well, interesting there. That who tell us the rest of that story, well, Jacob. No, about. He, he was, as Harold said, he uh, he was a, an immigrant to America. He did work in a print shop. And what I know of the story, he did say, hey, you know, it says blood. Wouldn't it be interesting to make it red? And I guess he made the sale. And so everybody mm-hmm. said, well, let's just do that. And then they went ahead and they picked, they picked, uh, with some criticism by some quarters, uh-huh. maybe even half dollars, I don't know. But they uh, they got criticism about how they chose which words were really his. I see, I see. But they they made the decision. It's very similar to how uh, the verses and chapters got into the Bible. Right. The chapters uh, the ver- the chapters came in from France in the 1200s. The verses came in in the 1300s. So it's always been that. And certainly sometimes it was the ecclesiastical assistance, and sometimes it was just printer's assistance yeah. so they could keep track of where the verses was. Well, I reminded a group of, uh, basically in our Bible studies this morning, I reminded a group of trainees that you remember now the chapters and verse numbers, chapter 12, verse 16, those aren't part of the actual text. They aren't mm-hmm. part of the scriptures. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, you know, the paragraphs and the, mm-hmm. you know, they divided. I suppose somebody you did know, their best they could. Since you brought that up, one of the things that bothers me, I can, I can live low. And I want to tell you, Jewish Bibles that you buy today, the Jewish Bibles divided in portions with names. Mm-hmm. It has names. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that wouldn't be familiar to the modern English, especially Christian reader. It's kind of like sub, uh, like headings? Uh, mm, they, they, well, like it, a paragraph heading? You would, of, uh, this you, is the about. The thing you'd be most familiar with is, like, for example, uh, uh, Genesis chapter 1-1. Actually goes to, and they today they do put in the numbers. Uh-huh. It goes to six eight. Uh-huh. So that's one portion that's meant to meet. So if you read chapter one and chapter two of Genesis, you're not getting the portion that was originally intended. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to read one one to six eight. That's the portion. Okay, so you're saying that these portions, these mm-hmm. sections that you're yes, talking about, uh-huh. those were actually part of the yes, original. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Authors. And, now, and then later they stuck us. Now I will tell you. How it, did they indicate that? 
Uh, well, just by knowledge and skill and and. Uh, I mean, the author Moses, for example. Oh, and, I the, see. Yeah. And, and uh, the, actually, yes, they would be able to do it by the choice of words because the Hebrew was using the language itself many times as punctuation because it doesn't have hmm. periods and that kind of stuff. But I will tell you, so later, now any Jewish Bible you buy today will have the Hebrew at the end, probably the English, and it will have the name of the portions, the parashot, they call it, at the portion of parashot, uh-huh. and it will also incorporate the chapters and the verses. And in most instances, they co- they correspond. There's only a few times they do not. Oh, that's good. That's and, good to know, actually. Yeah, I think. And and the reason the Jews finally adopted the chapters and verses was not for sure literary purposes or even for religious purposes. For reference purposes. No. To be able to no. reference the passages. Well, uh, in a sense, yes. See, yeah, see there, once you think about what I say, you always come back around and say, you know, yeah, right, actually. So well, yes, right. I do, and I need more time <laughs> to think about what you say, actually. <laughs> but... Uh, but I will say, so do I actually. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we both need to reflect on what, so what I say. Yeah, but anyway, but no. The point is, they they were being put on trials, uh-huh. and they couldn't go up to a trial and say, "Hey, I'd like you to look over at this portion, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Because nobody would know what yeah, they they'd say. What in the world are you talking about? So they'd have to say, "Oh, let's look at Exodus 12." What you call chapter 12? Yeah. In, yeah. So it was a way that they could draw attention to the trial, and so it does go on. In fact, there's an incident. Instance where Jesus himself does that. Do you know that? No. Are we talking about when he was in uh, his hometown, Nazareth, and he said no? No, no, no. 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 So Jesus. It's in Luke. Okay. And you'll recognize it immediately. It's when he, oh, it says he goes up and he's reading. And he opens up the book and he says he finds the place where it says. Well, they couldn't put the chapter and verse in. He's, I see. He's going from Isaiah, obviously. But he, they couldn't put chapter and verse because there were no well, chapters. Well, this is in Nazareth where he's preaching, and they ask him to read the portion. If, and if he, that's important, yeah. then we'll concede. So, but the point is, is that, but he that says is. that he finds the place that. Do you remember well, where that is? Uh, I think it's chapter 6 of memory. Luke says. 6, okay. At any rate, but at any rate, so, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I will, of course, I, the, uh, with but, great but, joy, but with my great point, enthusiasm. I, I understand. But my point <laughs> is, uh, perhaps the audience would like to hear the rest of the story. Maybe. But, or, or perhaps not. <laughs> but here's the uh, point. So I do. It says he opens up and he finds the place that, well, he can't use in chapters and verses because at that time there was not. Yeah. So what would they have written there? They would have written the actual name of that portion. Ah, you see, so, I'm looking for it. So I they had to it. put down, they found the place that said. So, anyway, that that's on my only point. Okay, well, that, that's interesting enough. And if if I get curious enough about it, I might ask you, I might try to find where that there is. There is one thing I would like to talk about. I um, know there is. You want to talk about uh, Christians. I, I'm going to save the Christian comment until the after, into the third hour and let people want So you can get a running start out of the studio after you say yeah, it, right? Yeah, so, so that people can see what a world is I'm going, is it that I'd be saying? Yeah, what is he going to say about, uh, what is this Jewish anyway, guy going to say about Christians? This, you know, mm-hmm. one of the questions we started talking about tonight, mm-hmm. we started talking about uh, 
the first. Uh, let's just answer one. Talk about it. Cause let's talk. To. Yeah, let's do. All right. So look, look at number two. It says while living in Egypt, God gave the Israelis instructions for an annual celebration of the deliverance and slavery from Egypt. What was the name of this called? It's an you gave us a hint at the beginning of the program. It was uh, called the Passover. Exactly so. You passed over uh-huh. through the water, I guess. Now, here, that's right, it's called the Passover. You'll find it in Exodus 12. But I want to point out something to you. There is something in Exodus 12 that is so important, if I may use these terms, mm-hmm. that is so important to God that he had could not wait till the night of Passover to give it. He had, if you're reading chapter 12, he reads chapter 12 and he says, Wow, I can't wait till tonight. I got to give you this now. And almost everybody misses the significance of this. Hmm. I, did you turn me off? In chapter 12? Uh, no, yeah. you're, you're okay. there. You're okay. good. Well, anyway, what it is in chapter 12. Well, let's hang on to it. Why? We Tell don't. us when we come back. Oh, that's going, what good we, radio people are, do. Are, are we going somewhere? Yeah, that's, a, that's the music that well, our segment good, is. Of. I know you're a good radio person. We'll come back in in just a bit. And Jacob's going to tell us uh-huh. what it is that right. God was so excited about. But th- that he couldn't wait. He till, couldn't wait till the night of Passover. He had to tell yeah. him now. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. And then you're also going to tell us this Something great about, insight. About Christians. About Christians. So he's going to opine about us, folks. So aren't you curious to know what that's going to be about? You can join us. Stay with us. Don't change that channel. Take a little bit of a break here. We'll come back with our final segment right. of the Bible right. Live, the quiz show. To God's talk show, The Bible Live. You need to. Now, does this, does this song meet your approval? Discussing with John, the reason I object to it is this: the author didn't do it that way, the writer didn't do it, and I understand. And well, I, no, that I, is an original song there. I that's think. fine, and that's okay. fine. Okay. But I'm saying in the traditional stuff, you see, the guys put together had something they they did. It was their work of art. Now, can somebody take it and do their own presentation? Of their own interpretation. Yeah. Well, call mm-hmm. it what you want. But what they've done, they've tampered it. John said, "Why did they do that?" And I said, "It's because we have no tradition anymore, and we we don't know things, so we think." Whatever I think is just the right thing to do. <laughs> I get you. I get you. I but know being, you, do. you know why? Because you're a smart guy. Yeah, no, but being a vocalist, being a uh, singer, kind uh, of in my own right, in my own little, yeah. uh, my own tiny little audience, yeah. my family. Well, let's, you know, let's so get to this. Uh, I do reserve stuff. the right to kind of give it my All own right, little twist. Okay, but okay. Let's talk All about right. it. So in Exodus 12, okay. before, the day before the Passover, 
there was something, if I'm going to use this term, that God was, was so important. He's so excited about, if I may. Okay. This and is, I figured hey, it out. You had to tell people. In the, uh, actually, I, I, did I have to say you were looking at it during the break, and you came embarrassingly close. I came in. Okay. So, but, yes, scary, he gave it? them yeah. what you could. You said he gave them the day, the Passover. Aha. And you said it's a date. And I said, well, okay, you got it. Good enough. He gave them a calendar because what it says is this will be the first day of your years. So he gave them a calendar. Now, why would he give them a calendar before the night of Passover? Why would that be? John, you have a thought? Now, a calendar. A calendar. Now, did anyone else have a calendar? Did the the Egyptians have a calendar? I'm sure they did. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard rumors, you know. <laughs> you weren't there, but you've heard. Yeah, you, you had a friend that was there. Yeah. No, no, no. I am kind of curious about this whole idea of, because well, I was understand. wondering even the other day about yeah. how closely does, is the, is the Hebrew calendar connected at all to the, the orbiting of the earth around the sun, which is what we basically think of a year yeah. as yeah. the earth makes one complete or- right. orbit. Yeah. I thought the Hebrew calendar only had 10 months, but no, you said, no, it 12. has 12. It's got 12. And it is and related. It has a leap year and it is related to the. Uh, Look, here's the idea. Look at the sun the, and the moon. Sun moving consider around the, the moon. The Earth the, moving around the sun. Yeah. Okay. Well, consider the moon, the little hand on your watch. Okay. I'm sorry. The moon would be like the big hand because it goes around. Okay. Okay. The little hand is like the sun. So we do. The little hand goes around all the way back up to twelve. One year cycle. But every time the big hand goes around, the moon goes away. It comes back a new moon every month. And that's how. And how many times does it do that before the sun comes back to where it started? Twelve. It's exactly twelve. So you guys really were hooked in with uh, with uh, the uh, 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 astronomy. You were with. Well, it's God's calendar. It's not the Jewish well, calendar. I'll be all gone. Now, mm-hmm. here's the point. So he gave him a calendar, and he said, this is going to be your day of freedom. And so tonight, when this happens, this Passover deal, this is going to be your freedom. That's the why beginning was so, of your calendar. So why was it so important? Because, may I offer the answer? Uh, let me see. Uh, yes, I, I want you to the offer answer? the answer, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if I have a... Have a I just think this is so remarkable yeah. because a calendar is a powerful thing. Yes. Well, in fact, you know, let's talk about how powerful it is. It governs talking. life, doesn't it? Okay. I mean, the, it does. In but a way, see, to a certain the, here's extent. Here's the difference. Why did the Jews being held slaves in Egypt not need a calendar before that? Because they're slaves. A slave does not own his oh, own days. Sure. A free human being owns their own days so they can decide what to do, when to do it, make their own plans. They own their days. You see. I like that idea. So That's the point really is, nice. so what happens is now they own their own days. Now, so they get to decide. Now, in Babylonian conquering times, the a death it was a death penalty to do certain things. Circumcise your children. Have a Jewish calendar. Ah. Now, in Roman times. Uh, Same it, thing, right? Well, it, it developed to that. Initially, the Romans didn't care. They cared about money. They want your money. Believe anything you want. Just give us your money. You're conquered. And they did it in every country, not just Israel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yes, eventually, since the Jews kept rebelling, they cracked down on a lot of things. And one of them was that you couldn't circumcise your children. You cannot have a copy of the Torah. You could have the prophets, not the Torah. You also could not have a Jewish calendar. And part of that Torah thing was about the readings, you know, the public, was because those were hooked up to a calendar as well, right? 
Yes. Weren't the schedule of the readings in the Torah, that was part of yes, the... That's how the Jews... It was connected to the calendar. Sure. In the Jewish mm. world, uh, all Jews and the Bible set up to be read on each each month. We know where it occurs. And then there's like four sections, one for each week. So through so the year, you were already reading through the Bible. In, uh, a Jew in Korea, Australia... Russia or New so York. y'all had well, the Bible live the even before thing. I created it, even before I came up, even before I came up with the idea of reading through the entire Bible on the radio every year. The Jews had the idea of reading through the entire Bible every year. Well, or, you had been that, doing that for centuries. Well, uh, boy, was I behind the curve. Well, I don't think you were behind the curve. You just joined the curve. <laughs> okay. But the point is, so that's what's going on. But look, let's take a look at this. Okay. So it says Passover. All right. Okay. Now I know we're t- supposed to be talking about a little bit about the Ten Commandments tonight. So here is the question. Okay. Now, uh, you know, I'm a strong believer in just saying the facts. Okay. Without, and let them chips fall where they may. But here's the truth. If a person Googles, you will find, if you compare the Jewish, the Catholic, the Protestant candle, calendar, you'll find that they're numbered differently. And you'll find that some something is left out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, in the Jewish candle, I will tell you this, the original King James actually has, you know, the parallel paragraph signed two lines and a squiggle on top starts a paragraph. Yeah. The original King James actually had it in the right place. So there are two commandments, and I'm talking about the biblical text, not our Protestant or the Catholic text, or how it's changed and numbered. But in the original King James or in the biblical text, there are two, two days listed in the Ten Commandments. Do you know what they are? Two days, actually. Two, two days. Sabbath. Okay, that's one. That's number four on the Jewish Bible. Okay. And there's another one where uh, a day is Yes, yes. And I'll, look, I'll give you a hint in the interest of time. It's Passover. Where does it occur? Oh, my land. In the oh, my land. No, it's our land. Uh, yeah, okay. It's God's <laughs> land. Okay. It's oh. actually God's land. Okay, right. thank I, you. Stand, I stand humbly. I win. I win. Uh, okay, so one of the one of the commandments references uh, yes, uh-huh. the you got it. Sabbath is the in the Jewish calendar the fourth uh-huh, commandment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But one of another there's another Ten one that references a mm-hmm. day. Yeah, or? Passover. Passover. Uh-huh. Now the reason you're not going to catch it is this. Okay, is because later nowadays. Uh, in the Ten Commandments, neither really the Protestants nor the Catholics call the first commandment a commandment. In yeah, the, I get that. Uh-huh. In, in the Bible, it, God calls it a commandment. But it, see, in the problem I am the is, Lord, it, your God, who brought you out of out of Egypt. Right. So that sounds more like a statement than. Well, an see, in, in English, in English, you think, well, that doesn't sound like a commandment. It sounds like God saying He did something. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a commandment. He said, "I brought you out of the house of slavery, out of the house of bondage, to freedom." So there is the deal. There's, There's Passover. Passover. Now the other ones, it's the Sabbath. Okay. Now, so you've actually got in the commandments themselves the recognition and remembrance of Passover and the Sabbath and the seventh day, the first and the seventh day of every week. Yeah. Well, the Sabbath, sure. And so, um, so what you've got—that's fascinating that it's there. It really it? is. Yeah. It really is. Now, I understand. And uh, one time, a, a Catholic person I know, a very knowledgeable person, actually, I had a friend that had been a Jesuit priest. And he explained to me, and I don't know if this is right, but that's what he told me. He uh-huh. said, well, you know, we don't count that because we were never slaves in Egypt. 
And I said, ah, and see, in the Catholic calendar, if memory serves, I think they divide number two. No, the Protestants divide number two into two to get ten. There's no way around this. It does say Uh it's Esaret Hadibrot in Hebrew, which is ten statements, really, ten principles. And I believe the Catholics divide number ten into two to get ten because neither one's counting. about the idea of... uh, uh, what's yeah. the, I'm looking for the yeah. word where you you slave, want something that belongs to another to Co- a covet, covet coveting is that the number of the ten? That's the yeah. So it's happening, but the, when the Jews go through it, whatever it says in the Bible, the Jews kind of stick to. So, um, <laughs> and so, but it says so. So what you got? I want you to take a look at this. Uh, so Hadibrut, which is the ten statement. So we know uh-huh, it's supposed uh-huh. to be ten. We know okay, that. Okay, okay. And so. What it means is it's so. A, at least we stayed with the number ten. We didn't go. Well, yeah, sure. Man. We can't get around that. So here you got. So here you got the situation going on where you've actually got. Let's call it. We'll call it a covenant, but we'll call it a contract. Look what's going on. This the two parties to the contract. God says, "Hey, I don't exist. I, let's suppose I'm a slave," mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, "Okay, God exists. Big deal. What good is that to me?" What, I die, I get to go to heaven? Great. What about this life? So God is saying, it's not just that I exist. I did something for you. I made your life worthwhile. I gave you your freedom. Freedom Freedom is from God, not from another human being, Mm -hmm. nor from a government. Now your life has insignificance. Your life has insignificance. So God did that. So Mm -hmm. in return... I like God, that little God bit about says, the government. Yeah. Uh, we don't get that from anybody well, else. Well, that's yeah. right. That's why every religion, I'm sorry, every country dominated Christians or some religion perhaps, and even the Jews, uh-huh. They the first thing they do is they determine your freedoms. Freedoms are not from government or from other human beings. They're from God. That's why our founding fathers said we have these, that they're from God, right. these, these freedoms, right. this Life so you got yourself a contract here. God said, look, I did this for you. Now, in return, I want you to be a holy people. And these are the rules I would like you to do. This is how you fulfill your side of the covenant. When you start thinking of it like as a contract, uh-huh. and it's also, believe it or not, it's also like a marriage ceremony. Uh-huh. So when you go to Mount Sinai, God says, hey, this is what I did, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so now the they also use the term. God says, I do, and we need to say, I do. And and that's why the commandments are there. That's the marriage covenant. It's the contract. It's, it's a relationship a, with God. Uh, entering into yeah, a so we know what God's expecting, what he wants. Mm-hmm. So now, now I'd like to jump down to the other one that you yeah. said. Now, don't forget, though, I've only got time to get away from us because I want okay. to get the, I, both oh, of these. I'm watching the clock. Both of these insights. That, okay. The other one is. Uh, your number 19. Uh-huh. Would you like to read your number 19? I would like to. Of the Ten Commandments, which is the only one with an expressed promise for keeping it, and that traditionally, or uh, generally speaking, most, uh, uh, I think, Christian believers would say, well, that's the Fifth Commandment. Honor the, your father and your mother, that will, and that, that you might live long in the land. Uh-huh. In other words, the idea of respect for authority uh-huh. is a key to social uh-huh. stability. And so uh-huh. if you honor your father, I guess that's one of the ideas, is right? Yeah. Inherent idea of respecting sure. authority. Yeah. If you honor your father and your mother, if you have that basic respect for authority, and so that will... Yeah. That will help and you to re- live long in and, the land. Yeah. And your reward is, as you you do state it correctly, your reward is that you will live long upon the land. Okay. However, 
But there's another one with there, the promise. There in. is. Do you happen to have a Bible with you this I evening? Do, I do. I do. Well, right I, no, it may be off a verse or two. I don't know. I'm already but sitting Because I'm taking it from the Hebrew. Exodus 20? It would be actually. It's Exodus. Uh, hold on, hold on. Exodus, no, it's Deuteronomy. Oh, Deuteronomy. 22, right 7. Okay, but that's when he it might be years eight or something like that. The second law, Deuteronomy. Oh, no, that was a Greek comment. The okay. second law. Oh, that's the second thing. That's not the Well, that's thing. what Deuteronomy means, right? Well, that's Greek. That's Greek. Uh, oh, oh, I see. Okay. What what chapter? Well, 22. You told me. <laughs> that's, that's what they say, 22 7. Uh, that's oh, how this thing works. That's how 22 is. The first number you give me is the chapter. Uh, yeah. 22 7. Uh-huh. And then there's some words that follow. Yeah, you want me to read it or not? Well, I think you should, don't you? Okay. Now okay. you're reading now, from this the. This is not a Ten Commandments. I, you, this is okay, a trick. okay, keep going, keep going. Okay, I'm going to read six and seven. It's if, a commandment. If you happen to find a bird's nest in a uh, tree or on the ground, uh, and there are young ones uh, or eggs in the nest uh-huh. with the mother sitting in the nest, yes. do not take the mother with the young. Uh-huh. You may take the young, but let the mother go so that you may prosper and enjoy a long life. Uh, and what? Well, your version, that's a modern living version. That's, uh, okay. That's condensing. But it says, live long upon the land. Okay, all right. Now, isn't it interesting that the easiest yeah. <laughs> the easiest thing to do in the world is wave your hand at a bird and it'll run away. That's uh-huh. easy. Honoring your father and mother is the hardest. So, and yet they both give exactly, as far as I know, it's only two that gives that reward. So, they both give exactly the same reward. The easiest and basically the hardest. Now, why would it give us the same exact reward about living long upon the land? This would be an open question for any caller, for Sophie, or even for John. Wake up, John. Okay, folks, if you'd like to take a shot at that, why would the same reward be given for both? The easiest. You're saying the hardest. Yeah, I am. And three thousand years of Jewish history agrees with me. Well, we would at least say that it is far more difficult to. Yeah. You, uh, you wave your hand. Your mother and father do not go away. <laughs> <laughs> and neither do they. We've tried it, and our children don't go away yeah, either. Yeah. They don't. Uh, so anyway, you, if you'd like to give a uh, give a guess or a shot or an answer to that question, give us a call three four zero ninety five eighty five. Now, how about you telling us? Okay, this let's idea. talk about the Christian stuff. I told you for a couple of weeks. I want to make a little statement, especially with Christmas time coming. You know. It is important, and I want people to know this. There, when we look around the world, there's no group of people, no religious group of people in the world that does as much as Christians for other people. If there's a disaster, Christians are there. I don't mean causing it. Uh I mean they show (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) There's this look of shock on my face. No, no, what I'm saying is, I mean, they show up to help. Okay, they've got this great need and this great godly commitment to help. And I do want to say just parenthetically real quickly this, that Officially, and there's a people, everybody has their own thoughts, but officially in Jewish thought, in Judaism, you might say, uh, there's uh, different levels of heresy. There's uh, the worst is to say that there's no God, then to attribute God, things about God to a different entity, mm-hmm. or to actually say that it's a, there's another God that's done things. So you can cha- even change their attributes to somebody else. Or says another guy, the single worst heresy in the world. Which is idolatry. Or, no, know, no. Idolatry is not even the worst. Okay. Because you're still acknowledging there's a God. Okay. 
The worst is to say there is no God. Uh-huh. Now, I want to tell you, in those three parameters I gave you, do you think the Jews would classify Christians as that? Any one of those three? No. Of course not. Did you know the official, and I'm saying official, position of Jewish thought is that Christians are not idolaters and they do not worship an idol. In fact, they are considered actually people that would, as you would put it, would get to heaven, that do the right things. They do not, they're not considered heretics. They're not considered uh, idol worshipers. Why? The interesting question is why. When you go down through the writings in in the Talmud and other Mm -hmm. places, it's because of this. It's because Jesus would be the guide to lead you back to the real God of the Bible. So therefore, they cannot be heretics. Now, that's the official position. And what I really want to say is, you know, you look around anywhere in the world and in America, who builds the hospitals? Who put us for the most money? Who provides for the really the welfare? Who makes the biggest donations to every charity? Is really it's it is the Christians. They build the hospitals. They do all the charity. They do the welfare. I don't see how anybody could come along and criticize them as being bad people or uh, unreligious people or ungodly people. The truth is, they should be considered for what they are. They are truly, truly godly people and i have i'm so impressed with that and i heard somebody saying a couple weeks ago they were criticizing christians and i think you know i want to respond to that because that's just not true christians are probably the one of the greatest things well that ever happened in the world think what this world would be like if Mm -hmm. there were no christians look let's be honest Mm -hmm. the jews are very very small what there's 15 million real jews in the world that's all you know, there's like there's probably more Jews in New York than in Israel. No, wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. When you say that, are you talking genetically? I am. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I am. And so what I'm saying is, but in a very real sense, and of course in the New Testament, it says that Christians are grafted in, and I've got no conflict, no argument with that. But what I'm saying question. is, question: How many believing, devout Jews would you say there are? Uh. I really don't know the answer, but I do know. I, I, I understand your question. You understand. You're saying, well, I, I can answer it like this. If a guy didn't believe in a God, and let's say he was, he became a Christian, what do we call him at that point? See, that, that was, I was going to make that. I don't think. We call him a Christian. I would still say that is a believing, devout Jew. That, that's one of the things you and I have talked about a lot. Yeah, but I think that we as Gentiles, we're we're just Jews. Okay. I bought, well, you, the religiosity. I, I understand. So I want that. And you're following, if I may put it this way, you're following Jesus leading yeah. you to God. Yeah, right. Okay, but and let it, me it, say, if a person doesn't have any religion, they don't believe in a creator, and they become a Christian, I think it's fair to say we call him a Christian. Okay. Okay, give me that. So let, but what, but in my view, but what really were they into. before they became a Christian? They were a pagan. A Gentile, a pagan. No, a pagan. Okay. okay. Now, what's the difference with a Jew? Let's say a Jew is secular. He doesn't believe in God. What do you call him before he becomes observant and following all the religious rules? What do you call him? You call him a Jew. That's the difference. So, are there secular Jews that don't be are observant? Yes. Are there a lot of Jews that are observant? Yes, of course. 
And and so did, you don't know kind of a what percentage. You know, I really, really see. Don't. And I would count among, in my view, those. There are millions of Jews mm-hmm. who do recognize Yeshua as the Messiah, and they and their followers. Are, and now I would count them as devoted, devout mm-hmm. Jews. Mm-hmm. Still, I mean that that doesn't to me that doesn't make them not Jews at all. It, I, I understand. It, so, and, but, but I'm wondering, I would count that's among a them. That's kind of a different point than what I'm driving at. Okay, but among them and the observant devout Jews who maybe haven't discovered Yeshua yet. Well, uh, if what, a Jew, a if a Jew, now here's the difference: there are basically 613 commandments. Mm-hmm. Six plus one plus three is ten. Ten commandments. There's mm-hmm. a way to derive all ten. Okay, all I from, get it. Mm-hmm. So. In the Jewish denomination world, the Reform, uh, let's start with the Orthodox. Orthodox, but they think they should follow everything. Now, more than half of the 613 are only followable, actually, in the land of Israel, because there has to be in the okay. land or in the temple. Uh-huh. That's a condition so, of the uh, of the command, right? Sure. So, the, uh, so there's like a little less than half that can be followed anywhere in the world. So, in the Orthodox, they want to follow everything they can. In the conservative, which is really getting very small these days, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of say, well, let's do what we should do here, basically. And I'm, I'm simplifying this. And then the reform, they just say, hey, do what you can. You know? <laughs> so that's basically different. So it's not really, because I do find those doctrine kind of things among Christians, you have, actually have different little, little different twinks on beliefs and mm-hmm. thoughts and that kind of thing. That's not the same as denominations for a Jew. If he's secular, absolutely a-religious, he's still considered a Jew. And how do we know that? Because Hitler pointed it out to us. They drug people out that hadn't been sure. Jews for three generations. Yeah. So we know we can determine who is a Jew by the enemies. Okay. There was a woman named Edith. I can't remember her last name, but she was a, a, a high-level Catholic nun. Mm-hmm. She hadn't been a Jew for, you know, a functioning Jew for who knows how long. She was yeah. Catholic. And they drug her out and killed her. So Edith Stein, I believe was her name. Anyway, the point is, it didn't Catholic make, nun, and it didn't make any difference if you were a secular, a reform, a conservative, or orthodox. It didn't make any difference. So they were Jews. So the point is this. I see. Okay. In the... In the Jewish world, it's really how many of the commandments that you're observing that determine kind of where you fall in, not are you a Jew. Now, that's the point. But my point I really wanted to address is I got off track. My, mm-hmm. As the Christians, the Christians have do more in this world to help people from all over the countries, from all over the nations. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a disaster, as they say, they show up. They take care of people. There's nobody in the world. Listen, the Jews are so small. They're not even really an economic factor to help a lot of people in the world. The only people that has the mass, the wealth, the intention, and the drive to do it is the Christians. Well, I think almost every Christian would say that's a credit to our God. It's because of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the the difference that he's made in our lives. Wow. We ended up with a very positive note, folks. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll see you next Sunday. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. 
Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.